You've heard the saying, make your money work for you. But again, how? Well, like we said last time, it's more than just investing in index funds or stocks. It's using strategies, simple ones that you can use to make your current cash or stocks generate more income for you. Today, we've invited Nate Thomas, better known as Trader Nate on Twitter, back to the Queer Money Podcast to share with us the flip side of the conversation we started on episode 404 about covered calls. And today you're listening to Queer Money episode 414, and we're discussing cash secured puts, a simple, easy way to make more money with the cash you have in your portfolio. So let's get to the flip side. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. You're going to see a familiar face on this week's episode. <laughs> We've never had a guest come back so quickly. Yes, exactly. That's like, this is the first time, so yeah. congratulations. Uh, back. Yeah, Trader Nate. Nate is joining us again to talk about options. And this time we're talking about pro- protective puts. And folks, the reason why we're, we are having... Nate back so quickly is because we really did want to cover options in one show. And we realized after kind of talking through this and and talking with Nate that it probably would make sense if we broke these into two, keep the confusion separated. So let's start this over again. And what are options? And folks, if you haven't listened to episode 404, go back and listen to that because we had the discussion around what covered calls are. And now we're taking the other side of the teeter-totter and we're looking at protected puts. So welcome back. Thanks again for having me. I'm glad to be back. Definitely. Let's kind of just so that we can catch people up to speed who didn't listen to that episode. What are options again? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to get get right into it. So options are really very simple and a basic contract that uh, you know, the buyer is given the right to buy underlying shares, a hundred of them per contract, at a specific price, by a specific date. They have that right, but it's not an obligation. And that's really the long and short of it. There's a seller on the other end of it who is obligated if the the option contract were to be exercised to fulfill that option, to fulfill that contract. And yeah, that's really how it works. And on episode 44, we talked about option strategies that help that can help you make some money with the positions that you already have in your portfolio. Today, maybe it's very timely. We're going to talk about how you can use options to sort of protect your portfolio if you see the market dropping or your positions dropping. You have a number, another name for what you call protective puts, a more accurate term. What is that again? <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a strategy is cash secured puts. And yeah, we can talk about that certainly. Awesome. Which is is also kind of an appropriate thing for right now, because a lot of people are, are not comfortable with what's going on in the market. So they may have pulled a lot of their portfolio into cash, have a larger position of cash. So this may be some way that you can use that cash to make yourself some money. Is that, yeah, that, that- kind of right? That's exactly right. So just let's just talk about the cash secured puts strategy and just get right into it. So sure. 
you know, the, again, the options contract is an obligation or, or not an obligation, a right to, if you're owning the contract and it's a call option, like we were talking about last time, you can buy those shares at that strike price. And then as long as it's a good opportunity for you and it's within the duration of that option. So if it expires in a month and you're within that time frame, then, you know, the call option is a way to capture upside and what have you. So the puts is a way to protect the downside. And so what a put option is, is the obligate or the right to sell shares at a certain price. So if I were to buy a put contract that is at a $10 strike price, for example, that allows me to sell a hundred shares of the stock at $10 a share. Why this might be good is maybe I own sh- you know, shares of a stock that I bought at that $10 level. And I, I want to protect any downside, you know, losses below that level. This, what this put does is it gains value once the, the shares drop below $10. So effectively what you're doing is you're, you're buying a put to offset any losses of the shares you already own, right? So that's just buying a put and that's the basic long and shorts of that. The cash secured, and you were talking about having cash because you've moved into a cash position. Those are cash secured puts. So that strategy is where you're actually, you have the cash in hand and using that $10, hundred share example, right? So you have enough money to cover hundred shares at $10 a share. So a thousand dollars. And, but you don't want to necessarily buy it at the price it's at right now. Maybe the shares are at $11 or $12. And so you're like, I, th- I think it might, pull back to 10. I'm happy to buy the stock at $10, but I don't want to buy it where it's at. So you can engage in a cash secured put strategy where you're selling that put at the $10 strike price, which obligates you basically at that $10 price to acquire these shares. So it might sound a little bit confusing when you get to that point, but the idea is you have a, a set amount of cash you're going to set that cash aside as you're saying, I'm willing to obligate this if I have to buy these shares. Meanwhile, you're collecting cash because you're selling that put that's saying, okay, I'll buy these shares at $10. And so you're able to collect additional cash on top while you're waiting. So the long short of it is you're able to use your cash without getting into an actual stock position at the current levels this, you're able to collect some cash. Thanks. Got you. And so there's a little bit less risk in this scenario because you actually already have the cash. You're not going to be assuming, you're not going to be obligated to take the shares and not be able to figure out how you're going to cover the, the cost of that. You already have the cash in your portfolio. That's right. So the two kind of scenarios that aren't great when you're using the the strategy is if the shares drop dramatically. So if they were to drop all the way to $5, for example, you you have this, you have a huge gap between that $10 and that $5 range and and you're effectively going to be acquiring them at $10. So, you know, now they're only worth five. And so it's not as ideal, but on the flip side of that, if you, the shares take off, right. And they never go down to $10. Well, you collected your cash premium, which was nice from selling the cash secured puts, but you never bought the shares. So you don't get any of that upside, right? You missed out. The put you sold, that contract is going to expire worthless because the shares are higher and therefore 
nobody would exercise that or nobody would find that valuable. And so you just miss out on a lot of upside, I guess is the is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So when we talked about the covered calls on episode 404, we said that this was a very kind of entry-level basic way of getting into options. Are protective puts or, or cash covered puts, are these maybe a next level up? Are they a little bit more complicated or where would you put them on your level of knowledge needed for doing these? Uh, that's a great question. And I definitely recommend getting comfortable with call options first. It just works more naturally with how we think, right? Stock goes up, the call options go up with it and it's worth more and vice versa. So with puts, you have to think inversely and it's just a little bit trickier to do. Again, with the call options, you have the the right to buy at a certain price. With a put option, you have the right to sell at a certain price, which seems weird if you don't own any shares, right? Like, what am I selling? Well, you're going to have to go buy those shares and then sell them at the price that the put option says you're obligated to sell at. So if you don't already own them, then you know that that could be a problem. But if you if you have the cash secured put in place, then you're good to go. It's going to cover your cash that you're going to have to outlay, and and hence the less risky option, less risky position. But it is more complicated than trading in calls. Yeah. So in this instance. Before it was a little bit easy to understand who the buyer and the seller is when previously with the the covered calls, the seller was the person who owned the shares. They would go out and sell this contract. Who is the the buyer and seller with the the cash secured puts? It kind of is it the same? Yeah, it kind of it is. So if I'm in the covered, so I'm going to be the seller in this example for both. So in the covered call example, I own the shares and you know, I own a hundred of them. So I will sell the call and whatever happens, I have the shares to back that up. In the selling of a cash secured put, you have, you don't own the shares, but you own enough money to cover the obligation you have at the strike price of, to sell those shares. So to use an example, if you wanted to Let's, let's use Rocket. I think we used Rocket last time with our cover calls, right? And so if you wanted to buy Rocket, if you're comfortable buying Rocket at $9, but it's currently at $10 a share and you you don't want to buy it there, you think it's going to maybe pull back or there's just more risk involved. Very similar to how you can engage with a cover call, you can engage instead with a cash secured put. So you're saying, okay, I'm willing to spend $9 a share. So I'm going to take $900 because 100 shares, right? I'm going to set that aside and you won't be able to touch that. You can't use it at all. It'll be locked up by your brokerage account when you engage in the selling the put against those shares and or against that cash. And so when you sell the put, you're saying, you know, the the person who is, maybe it's easier to explain from the buy side, the person who owns that that put is able to sell you excuse me, they're able to sell shares at that strike price, right? So you're obligating yourself. And I think I might've said that a little bit backwards or confusing before. You're obligating, I'm going to buy $900 worth of Rocket at $9, no matter what the price you know, drops to and gets gets lower to. So that's that's where the risk comes in. If it does drop much below that $9 price, well, you're going to end up paying $9. But at the same time, if it doesn't get that low and it just kind of moves sideways, similar to the covered calls, 
you're collecting cash and you're not owning anything. You're just setting aside that $900 and you might be able to collect $20, $30 at a time as you're selling these cash secure puts. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community through access to credit, tools to manage debt and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So you mentioned this idea that the brokerage firm might lock up my money, which kind of sounds scary. <laughs> so what are some of the requirements when it comes to, to buying and selling cash-secured puts? It's the same thing as the covered calls. So it's, it's very low level because it is considered lower risk. So it's a zero level options trading request from your broker. And then when it comes to the locking up the money, because yeah, I agree. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, wow, that doesn't sound so great. <laughs> <laughs> really what you're doing is you're saying, I'm willing to buy shares at you know $900 in that example with Rocket. If that's the case, you have to have the $900. That's the obligation. So you can't engage in this with $50 in your account. You have to have the $900. And But when when you're locking it up, really what they're saying is, well, just close the contract and you have your access to your $900 and you can trade it how you want. All right. So I don't want to make this too confusing, but let's kind of go back to some of the terms that we're using in episode 404 around this idea of strike price and break even. And because I think a lot of us want to know, it's really easy, right? When I buy a stock, it's really easy to know when I'm making money and when I'm losing money because it either is going up or it's going down. But when you have these options trades, it's a little harder to understand, okay, when am I making money? When am I not making money? When would I want to exercise? That's That's the word when you say you want to actually make the contract take place, right? I want to either buy or sell the shares. When does this happen or how does this happen with these cash secure puts? Yeah. I think it's great to break this down from just getting into each element. So if let's go calls and then puts. So the call example, because I think it's nice and simple. If you are buying a call, you want things to move up, right? And if you are selling a call, you're on the other side of that, right? Because there's two sides of every transaction. So if you're selling the call, you actually, because the call is for upside, you want things to stay flat or move down. So that's the buying and selling of a call. So a put is the exact opposite. If you are buying a put, you want things to drop because you believe you know, that's the direction things are going and that put will go up in value. If you are selling the put, you're not worried about things dropping. You think things will stay or move higher. And so you can make some money off of that. So you're taking a position and you're using one of these two mechanisms, right? You can use either, quite frankly. And there's a lot of more math. Sorry, John. Um, (laughs) But there's a lot of math out there that shows you, you know, puts and calls are effectively the same thing. They just used different, you can just use them a little bit differently. And But as I kind of outlined there, it just is taking a position. If you're a buyer, you're long, if you own a call and if you own a put, you're short, you're you're going, you're expecting things to drop. And this does Um, seem counterintuitive because things are going, you're expecting the market to go in the opposite direction than you would think if you were the buyer versus being a seller. But there are some simple infographics online that you can find that really break this down with simple pictorial rather than 
all the mathy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm bigger on pictures too. Maybe pictures. I should start creating some of these pictures actually. <laughs> It'd be yeah, great for a course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So when when might somebody want to get involved with... When we were talking about calls on the previous episode, we were talking about times when people would maybe find these useful. And that was when the market was either trading sideways or going down. Is that the same case with puts or what's going on with puts? Do you want the market to be going down? You want the market to, is it when the market's flat? When do you make money and when the, when you're using these kinds of options? Yeah, great question. So two kind of two elements to this. One, if you own shares of something and you want to protect any downside without selling those shares. So you you don't want to have a taxable event, and but you do see or feel like there might be some downside coming and you want to protect against those, those potential losses, you can buy put options. And what that does is, you know, if, if the shares are dropping in value, you're losing that money, but the put's going to offset it by rising in value at the exact same time, right? So, and then you can sell sell that put that you had bought, collect that cash because it increased in value and offsets some of your losses in your shares. So, you know, that's the basic utilizing puts to manage some risk. And then the cash secured put is, is you're taking a similar position with the cover calls. You, you're saying that I don't think things are going to move very quickly in either direction. So I want to collect some cash and using a cash secured put is a way of doing it without actually owning shares. So if you already own a hundred shares, the cover call is, is definitely, you know, if you're looking between these two options, you're, you're going to look at a cover call, you own the shares, but if you don't own them and you may not want to buy them where they're at, then, then the cash, the cash secured put is an option that, you know, allows you to have the ability to buy at a lower price. But if it doesn't get there, you can collect some money for obligating your cash for a short period of time. And yeah, so I mean, I think that's the, really the breakdown of the two ways to to use puts, at least from a from a beginner standpoint. Right. So it sounds very mathy, and it sounds very taxable. <laughs> so just to <laughs> yes. be clear, this can be this strategy, same as covered calls, can also be done in an IRA account as well to sort of avoid those taxable consequences. Yeah, that is correct. And and again, you know, as I mentioned last time, I actually prefer in a in an IRA in a you know tax deferred account. For that exact reason. Perfect. Yes, yeah. make a lot of sense. So I know that all of this can sound kind of complicated, but this is something that is that next level, right? And we mentioned this on the on the previous episode is that you've been asking for this. And this is part of the investing series for the Queer Money Podcast so that you folks can, can tar- start to stretch your knowledge. I think that both the cover calls and the protective puts are a great way for folks who have something in their portfolio, but maybe don't feel like this is enough that will allow them to feel a bit, feel comfortable and, and be able to retire. Especially if you're looking at five to 10 years out for retirement, this may be something you may want to do to kind of add that extra two to three, 4% growth to your portfolio. And as you mentioned, Nate, these are not, these are not necessarily risky strategies if you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I, and I would even say, as long as you're, if you understand what you're doing when you're buying the stock, all right, if you're, if you're comfortable with investing in stocks already, then really you're not adding risk by engaging in a cover call strategy, for example, 
or in a cash secured put a strategy. What you're doing is you're capping your upside and you're managing a little bit of risk. So you're actually offsetting risk and collecting, you know, be able to collect some upside in in the meanwhile. And why that really works well in a sideways market is, you know, stocks will move up, but then come back down and move up and come back down. And when they come back down, you know, that's the area where you're buying the shares. But when they move up and they, they kind of stop and they reverse, and then you're selling those calls or, you know, cash secured puts or what have you. And you can rinse and repeat and make money while others are losing or losing money or, you know, are flat on the year. So mm-hmm. the where these really help your portfolio is in those markets that are moving sideways or slightly down and you're able to still generate cash and, and add value. And then, you know, I think we talked about last time in those markets that just take off, you know, that's when you want to reassess the strategy. Yeah. Right. The markets that we're all hoping for, but don't always happen on a regular basis. Well, the one market, we don't want the market, other market that Jamie Dimon and everybody's is doom and glooming about. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So sideways yeah, t- or up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. if I have to abandon a covered call strategy because the market is going up double digit percentages, I am happy to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's not a sad day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. These, these are not the kind of strategies that are going to, unless you're, you have a lot of cash or you have a lot of shares, these are not the kinds of strategies that are going to make you a ton of money, right? It's the percentage growth in, the, in for, of what you have. And, you know, you did mention this, I think, I can't remember if you mentioned this this time or the or, or the previous episode, that, that this is something that you can do to get that couple of extra percent for your portfolio. And a lot of people, that's just what they need. They need that little boost every year or every couple of months to have that extra one or 2%. And when you're in retirement, this could actually be a way of generating some income, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in a position where you have you have a nice size brokerage account and you already have a good, you know, cash position or shares, you know, ownership of hundreds of shares of stocks, then yeah, for collecting income, it's a great source of, you know, it's very, basically I consider it passive. It does require some active trading, you know, but with a few trades a month, you can generate income definitely. And that's another reason people are interested in it. And love it. What would you say? How much how much knowledge would I need to know about the, the the respective stocks that I am doing this with? You know, I'll say that I know I'm not alone in doing this, purchasing shares of a particular company and then kind of having that kind of buy and hold long-term philosophy. How yeah. much should I know about these companies and their monthly, quarterly movement to be able to actually take these steps? Yeah, so I think that it makes sense to have a decent understanding of where a price the a, a share moves with its price. So let's use another example. I think Apple is is a good stock that a lot of people own. And if you own Apple, you have you know, it's somewhere around I haven't checked it recently, but somewhere around $160 a share. And so you can collect cash by selling, you know, a, options against your shares of Apple. And I guess the the what I would caution against is when you do own those shares and you like your shares in Apple and you're you're investing long term like you're talking about, then you don't want to be too aggressive with collecting cash using a call cover call strategy or a cash secure put strategy because 
Well, the cover call strategy, because your, your shares could get called away and you may not want that, right? You, you may be thinking, I, I actually want to hold these for the long term. So I just wanted to comment on that really quick. But what I would say is from a knowledge standpoint, you, you need to understand a little bit about where the price moves, because when it gets to a level that it's kind of maxed out before and struggled with, well, that's the area where you want, you know, you, you would be actively selling covered calls because you don't expect it to go above that level. So that's where you kind of determine what price to set when you're selling a call. So if you see, you know, Apple was hitting 180 or something and constantly pulling back, well, you might feel comfortable selling a call at $180. Or if you are seeing that, you know, Conversely, maybe you don't own Apple, but you want to use a cash secured put and you don't want to buy it here. And you you have the cash secured put that is, you know, at 140 or something like that, a lot lower. You want to know that that's the level that Apple tends to drop to without flying through it. Because if it flies through there and you end up buying at a higher level, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be losing money or making less money. So understanding that that kind of and you can use charts. You don't need to know balance sheets and income statements and, you know, get huge. This, this is one of the reasons that I enjoy trading is that, you know, I, I don't know anybody who has the time to really dissect balance sheets at that level, but you can use charts. And that's Jim what Kramer I does. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> at least he's doing it full time, right? I mean, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that's what, that's what I would say is that, you know, you want to understand how to read a chart and general price levels. and But it's not something that requires a ton of knowledge and study. It is really just a, a general understanding so that you know, okay, this is where it usually stops. So I can you know, set strike prices around that and be smart about how I execute the strategy. Awesome. And this is the kind of thing that that you share and talk about on on Twitter. And that's what we appreciate. And why we Thanks. invited you on the podcast is to is to share this kind of information. So and you mentioned previously on the previous episode that you also have a newsletter that you share with folks that has this kind of information. So how can our audience connect with you on Twitter and then your newsletter? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's at Trader Nate here, and I'm I'm active. I appreciate all questions. I like to talk trading at any time, really. So definitely feel free to send me a note, drop in a message there, and follow. and And then I have a weekly newsletter where, you know, it's free, and I try to just really get education out there. I love to teach, and I love educating people on this because it's been something that's been beneficial for me, and you know, other folks have taught me along the way. And so that's what I'm doing with my my newsletter. I enjoy writing. And it's a, a trader's education. Um, it's on Substack currently. I have a link in the Twitter bio as well. So yeah, if nice. you're interested, it's it's I try to keep it very easy to read and easy to digest so that you know folks can get interested. Awesome. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes, folks. Yep. Thank you for coming back on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And again, if there's any other questions about options, I'd be happy to come back on. So thanks right again, on. guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. 
Thank you again, Nate, for another great interview. We really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners and our watchers appreciate it as well. For those of you who are listening and watching, thank you. We appreciate that. And here's your crewmany takeaway from this particular episode. There are ways to supercharge your retirement portfolio to generate income for the future. Follow Nate on Twitter and check out his newsletter to learn more about how you can add cash-secured puts to your portfolio growth. Then join us this Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city to live in in North Dakota. And next Tuesday, when we talk more about financial independence and retiring early. Thank you and have a great week.